Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby. As the road to the Kentucky Derby marches on here as it's going to head to the home of the Kentucky Derby right here at Churchill Downs for Sunday's $200,000 Street Sense Stakes, aptly named after the Kentucky Derby winner Street Sense. And it's a solid field for the prep season as I think the height of the prep season will be next week, Darren, of, uh, of course, with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. But this is a, a good race to preview the Kentucky Jockey Club, which will be a major stepping stone on the road to the Kentucky Derby as it is every year. But a first edition of the Street Sense on the road to the Kentucky Derby Point Series. Yeah, it's a great addition, you know, especially with all the two-year-olds that we have at, at Churchill Downs. Sunday's opening day card at, at, Church, at Churchill, of course, is the, um, the annual... Uh, stars of tomorrow one program and, you know, numerous um, graded stakes winners have emerged more than 50 grade one winners, a lot of Derby Oaks Preakness uh, Belmont and breeders cup champions have emerged from, uh, you know, kind of the alumni program um, over the last, what is it? 18, 19 years now that we've been doing it. 2005 was the first year of stars of tomorrow. And, um, you know, I love that the street sense is being added because I love talking street sense. He was a great derby winner. It was, it's hard to believe it's 16 years ago that, uh, street sense won the roses, but what a, what a tremendous cult he was for Jim Taffel. And of course the great Carl Nasker, um, you know, he, he just won six of 13 starts, but that victory, um, you know, in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile when he won by 10 at odds of 15 to 1 at Keeneland, I mean, that kind of, that, that, or that was at Churchill. No, it was here at Churchill mm-hmm. because he ran up, he ran third at Keeneland the race before that in the Breeders' Futurity. But that was such a signal. And he was the first of, um, only two horses that have won both the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and the Kentucky Derby. Can you name the other one outside of Street Sense? Nyquist. Bingo. Nyquist and, and Street Sense are the only two to pull off that double. But, um, yeah, uh, Street Sense beating Hardspun and Curlin. Um, then they came back in the, the Preakness of, of 2007 where Curlin hung a, a, a head on, on, on Street Sense. Street sets, of course, was rested after that. Came back and he won the Jim Dandy, won the Travers. Uh, he ran second in the Kentucky Cup Classic, and then um, you know was fourth in the Breeders' Cup Classic in that sloppy bog at Monmouth, where where Curland ended up um, clinching Horse of the Year honors for 2007. But that was a that was a fun bunch. Uh, street sets. Hard spun and curling. Yeah, it's fun to go back, especially, you know, within the last two decades or so and, and see some of these names like, you know, those three and, and some of their progeny that they have produced since then. And uh, and Street Sense was definitely is still a good sire. Absolutely. Uh, producing lots of two year olds that we're going to see on the Stars of Tomorrow one card on Sunday. And, you know, typically year in and year out, you know, we have the two Stars of Tomorrow cards, one here to, to open the fall meet. And then we have one on the closing Saturday of the fall meet. It's usually the second one that seems to produce more of the names on the road to the Kentucky Derby road to the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. But, you know, last year there was an allowance race on the undercard of Stars of Tomorrow one that featured Kentucky Oaks winner pretty mischievous. So you never know who will pop up. No, we've got, uh, what, 142 horses entered. I think there's 20. 
something also eligible. So it works out to be an average of 11 horses per race for the 11 race program. And, um, you know, the featured event is the street sets. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a competitive field in here where, uh, you know, I think it was probably pretty difficult for Mike Battaglia to come up with a morning line odds for this race because you have a horse moonlight who is the five to two morning line choice for Todd Pletcher. Um, you know, no stranger, of course, with the road to the Kentucky Derby, Todd Pletcher, multiple Derby winning trainer. This horse debuted on the turf at Saratoga and he ran a credible second that day. And then he came back in a race that was washed off the turf at the Belmont at Aqueduct meet. And he just ran away and won by eight lengths. And so, he, you know, he earned a, a solid speed figure. He, he improved 10 Brisnet speed points from his turf debut. So maybe it's you ask yourself, what did he beat? But he did so running fast. And um, I think he'll probably take some money being trained by Todd Pledger. Yeah, as the 5-2 morning line favorite and ridden by Luis Saez, who likes to uh, put a horse in the race. And you remember, Luis coming back to the saddle um, after having a, uh, what a collarbone injury um, suffered at Saratoga and he missed uh, the September meet at Churchill. He's returned to riding at Keeneland and he's back now. Louie was the leading rider at last year's fall meet at Churchill uh, edging Tyler Gaffalione by, by two. So Louie's going to get uh, some of the top mounts. He's always riding for Todd Pletcher. Moonlight's an interesting horse. I mean, I'd, I'd love to understand from Todd Pletcher when, when he debuted on July the 29th, was this a cult that they always wanted to run on turf or is this more of the fact that they wanted to get a race into him going long when he debuted? And he, as you said, he, he was beaten in neck, um, by what is it? Carson's run. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that was a good race, uh, came back and the off the, uh, turf affair, I mean, he just absolutely dominated. There's another horse in here that, um, you know, really is interesting, uh, to me, a uh, generous tipper for Kenny McPeak, you know, Kenny does a good job at getting, um, you know, modest horses. He was purchased for $130,000, modest horses to run, um, at their best, especially at two-year-olds. And I think we talked about this horse in on, on the preview of the breeders futurity, he was 17 to one that day. We thought he uh, had the chance to improve and make a name for himself at, at big odds. And he did. He ran third in a grade one um, behind uh, locked into the wine steward. So, um, you know, he's seven to two on the morning line. They draw the rail, um, which is, you know, not a bad place to be when you're debuting with that short run into the first turn. Yeah. The, the one thing I like about this horse and you're going to see a lot of horses in this race that are exiting maiden victories. And you know, some of them don't have the two turn experience and this horse does, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he went that one and a half turns twice on the dirt at Ellis and then, uh, went the full two turns at Keeneland last time out in the British futurity generous tipper and his stable mate. That's going to break two, uh, stalls away from him. Northern flame have worked together in the mornings, uh, both with their respective riders up. Brian Hernandez worked generous tipper and Northern flame was worked by Julian Leperu. They've arguably worked head and head. There wasn't really, you know, anything separating the two of them. So really one wasn't tipping their hand over the other, but I just thought that was interesting that both of them have worked together and now they're running against each other here in the breeders futurity. But I do like generous tippers, uh, you know, two turn experience over some unknowns that have run 
fast numbers going one turn, and now they're stretching out for the first time. Like yeah, that. and in Northern Flame, by the way, you're not going to get the 49 to 1 that you got last time when just behind Generous Temper in the Breeders' Futurity. He's at 4 to 1 on the morning line. Um, you know, another horse with two-turn experience who debuted going two turns at the uh, September meet, breaking his maiden first time out, number five, Parchment Party, for uh, trainer Bill Mott. Horse was bred by Bobby Flay, owned by Pin Oak Stud, and uh, they got the job done at their debut at, at 16 to 1. KK, I know you love those horses with um, two-turn experience. Yeah, I feel like this is the one that I'm most excited about to see. There's two. This is this is one of the two. Um, you know, he was 16 to 1 when he debuted. And, uh, you know, going into the first turn, you probably thought, yeah, he should be 16 or more to 1. He was behind 11 lengths after the first call into that first turn. And he came closing with a rush. And the thing I like about this horse is, you know, he, he probably could have run in three weeks after uh, <laughs> debuting on opening day of the September meet in the Breeders' Futurity after that win. It was visually impressive. Uh, speed figure was an 86 Brisnet speed rating, solid number to, to debut with. He could have ran back quickly, and, and Bill Mott's team opted to keep him here at Churchill Downs and prepare for the street sense, uh, which I thought was a, a, a good move uh, just in my handicapping of, you know, how this horse will be doing coming into this race. So um, I'm excited to, to see him again. I think he has a lot of upside, especially to be that visually impressive, um, you know, in, in that race last time out after being behind so far um, in the early stage of that race and, and coming with a big run to uh, win by a length and a quarter under James Graham. If you're talking two-year-olds at Churchill Downs, you have to talk about Steve Asmus and, and trainer Brad Cox. They both have entries in here. Uh, informed Patriot probably falls into the category of, um, you know, you're looking at those bloodlines, um, that informed Patriot is a son of Hardspun, who we were talking about, but, uh, out of the, uh, grand slam mare Yaki way that makes the horse a full to old dirt trial winner spun to run, who was a real classy horse, um, a few years back. And informed Patriot, he broke his maiden going seven eighths at Churchill Downs, um, a couple starts back. Yeah, and one start back. You always have to take notice when you see Steve Aspison, especially when he teams up with uh, Tyler Gaffleone. And um, you know, I think this horse probably has to improve a little bit off mm -hmm. of that that debut, but it's not to say that he can't do so. Trying two turns for the first time, uh, going to seven eighths, he's one that I think you know is going to have to to show some improvement, but he can. Um, you know, from a gambling standpoint, it's a, a wait and see for me, uh, but you'll get a solid number on him because I think some others will take some action in here. Uh, speaking of taking action, what about, what about Gettysburg address? Yeah. I mean, look, Gettysburg address. Uh, first of all, I love the name, a son of constitution, uh, Gettysburg address and he's owned by Windstar farm and Sienna farm. They are no strangers to the road to the Kentucky Derby and, uh, Flavian Pratt will be riding at 10 to one on the morning line. Uh, probably gets bet down a little bit off of that. He did win his debut um, under Martin Chuan at Ellis Park. He was eight to one that day, got up by three quarters of a length. But I would think that this horse, who is uh, the damn JoJo Warrior, um, I would think um, this horse is going to be fine the longer they go, the the better. Yeah, this is the the other horse that I was mentioning that I'm really excited to see um, how he progresses. And, you know, talking to the Brad Cox team, you know, we'll, we'll be talking, you know, next week on this show 
the first Kentucky Derby future wager of six, uh, which will be run uh, next week in the lead up to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And I was, you know, trying to sniff out some horses that we can use in this pool. And, and Gettysburg Address was one that got mentioned several times, by the way, he was preparing coming into the street sense. And I saw his last work here at Churchill Downs. And you just see a 101 and four that, you know, may not be, you know, sticking out on paper. There's no bullet point next to it, but it was visually impressive. And I think he's training very well entering this race. Um, you know, three quarters was the debut stretching out to the mile and 16th. But as you said, Darren, I don't think, you know, pedigree wise should be a problem for him. And just seeing by the way that he's been training into this race, I don't think we're going to get 10 to one Flavian Pratt comes into town to ride. I think it's go time for this horse. We, um, Liberal Arts has the far outside post at eight to one. He did run third in the uh, Iroquois. That was the race that fell apart. Remember, kicked off the road to the Kentucky Derby. West Saratoga, um, you know, kind of grinded out the victory. Uh, this horse uh, was uh, two lengths back of, of West Saratoga, who, of course, came back and ran in the Breeders' Futurity and finished about mid back, um, or actually finished fifth to, to garner one. Uh, additional point on the road to the Kentucky Derby leaderboard where he sits atop with 11 points. Liberal arts, um, you know, he's trained by Bobby Medina. What do you, what do you think about this son of arrogant? You know, I, I mentioned him on the last show in the breeders futurity when we were talking about the Iroquois and, um, you know, I think originally the plan was maybe to lay this horse up uh, until next season. And he must be doing very well over at the thoroughbred training center. Um, to, to come into this race. And, you know, it, it's one of those that it, it was tough and that uh, there's no way around it, that, that Iroquois was a collapse and, and yeah. probably a weak race. And so um, he's going to be one that I want to watch and see how he progresses um, into his three-year-old year to see if he's a, a serious enough racehorse. I hope he is. Robert Medina is a, a, a great trainer. He's a former assistant to Shug McGahee. He does a phenomenal job. He, I always notice, you know, how well his horses look when they come in the paddock here at Churchill Down. So I would love to see, uh, you know, a barn like this get on the road to the Kentucky Derby, uh, but he's the one that I have to wait and see just because of the way that the Iroquois has panned out with that collapsing pace. The longest price in the field of eight is Barksdale, who breaks from post seven at 20 to one on the morning line for Will Walden, the son of uh, Elliot Walden, who's uh, training now this horse, you know, I, I think he's probably going to find himself on the lead. Maybe you're going to have Gettysburg address being forward from down on the inside as well, but Barksdale's probably the fastest of all. Um, but he broke his maiden at Indiana grand. Um, what did you think? You know, there's there's one of two ways to read into that. The one thing I can maybe read into is trying to get confidence in a horse to break their maiden, mm-hmm. uh, debuting like that instead of coming to Churchill Downs and facing sort of the wolves. Of I mean, just know. look at the price. Like if you run it at Churchill Downs, you're running for a hundred and twenty thousand dollar maiden special weight at Indiana Grand. You're running for thirty four thousand, right? And so you're. It's the competition speaks for itself, yeah. and so, um, and that's the other aspect of when you're handicapping us races. You know, how who did he really beat? And he won by a neck, mm-hmm. even though he opened up three lengths in the the head of the lane. So, um, you know, he probably got a lot out of that race, fitness wise. It's just he's going to have to take a major step forward, I think, for me to be a major player here in the street sets. So that's. Uh, in a nutshell, that's the street sense. Uh, 10, 5, 3, 2, 1 for the top five finishers here on Sunday for the uh, the street sense. It'll go as race 10 of 11, 5.35 p.m. post time. 
uh, for the street sense. First post is at one o'clock. We'll have to see, you know, if it does produce some names, uh, dating back to, you know, this race when it debuted and I think it was 2013 was the first year we ran the street sense at the, following the, uh, uh, the September meet, uh, which was created then. And the Iroquois was moved there. So it's produced 12 starters in the Kentucky Derby. And thanks to, uh, last year's runner up effort by two fills, he, uh, won the race a year ago. And of course ran second in the Kentucky Derby, other, uh, starters. Let's go back to 2014, right on Curlin. He finished third and then finished seventh in the Derby. And of course, Ran third in the Preakness. Um, 2015, he had far right. 2016, produced uh, Mo Tom and Tom's Ready for uh, the late Tom Benson. Uh, 2017, McCracken. That was actually my derby horse uh, uh, in that year. And, and again, I'm talking about the derby year mm-hmm. itself. Uh, 2018, Bravazo and Lone Sailor. 2019 improbable shipped in here. And then uh, 2020 you had South Bend 2021 super shock. In addition to two fills last year, uh, the eighth place finisher in the street sense also finished 17th in the Kentucky Derby. And that was Jace's road. Let's hope it's not as cold and rainy as it was in last year's event. I remember talking to Larry Ravelli and he just kept saying, man, I hope it's going to be cold and rainy again on Derby day for two fills <laughs> and it ended up being not. Um, and he still ran great on Derby day too, even though, uh, he ran well, uh, you know, one other horse I wanted to mention Darren in the undercard of the stars of tomorrow to keep an eye on, uh, you know, with some pretty impeccable breeding in race two on Sunday, there's a horse named bow street for Paulo Lobo. Who's a half brother to Matoli and hot rod. Charlie is, you know, some, fan favorites that you can remember this is a horse that i think some people may want to keep an eye on making his debut for oxo equine it's um a homebred for larry best's os oxo equine but has some uh, pretty stout pedigree being uh, a half brother to matoli and hot rod charlie well he's a, 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 a you know he's by into mischief so bow street should have no problem getting a route of ground that's the question mark right with matoli you had the sprinter champion sprinter and then hot rod charlie was was fine going a distance of ground bow street. He's going to be six to one on the morning line with Christian Torres up and, uh, Indian miss is the dam. She's been quite the producer. Uh, and let's see if bow street will be one of those stars of tomorrow. Yeah. Also on the uh, stars of tomorrow card is the uh, eighth race, the $200,000 rags, to riches, the listed stake for the two-year-old Phillies on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. And that's could feature, Big favorite, Vivi's Dream for Katie McPeak, who's just been brilliant here at Churchill Downs, winning the Pocahontas by more than eight lengths and uh, just been as visually as impressive as can be here locally. But she is pre-entered in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies and still a decision has yet to be made on if she'll end up on the plane to California or if she's going to end up staying here on Sunday for the uh, for the Rags to Riches. But that's a race on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah, it looks like owner Mike Mackin and uh, trainer uh, Katie McPeak um, are negotiating and trying to figure out where they're going to run. If Vivi's dream runs in the rags to riches, she is the six to five morning line favorite. If she goes out West, she's going to have to hook Tamara. Who's the, you know, the daughter of a uh, beholder, uh, who's been uber fast for trainer. Richard Mandela looks to be a short price favorite in the breeders cup juvenile Phillies. I think Vivi's dream would be probably the second or third choice in the race. If she goes out there, so it's 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 all going to be about 
you know, a coin flip, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, gosh, I, I hate it for the Mackins because you looked at this probably six months ago and they had rattle and roll. Um, you had, uh, who was their, their other good older horse? That smile happy. Smile happy. And, uh, and then you had Vivi's dream and, you know, it's a bummer that things sort of shook out that way for his older horses, but Vivi's dream is definitely one. I think that fans will need to keep an eye on the road to the Kentucky Oaks in the future as a three-year-old. She's, you know, as good as she can be right now as a two-year-old, but I think she's could get even better as the, uh, the calendar turns to the three-year-old year. Uh, so that starts it tomorrow in a nutshell. Again, first post on Sunday here at Churchill Downs is one o'clock and uh, you can catch all the action on twinspires.com. If you want to watch on FanDuel TV, you can do so as well on there, but it's a, a phenomenal card that has produced more than 50 grade one winners since 2005. Never know who you'll see. And of course the featured event is the street sense goes as the 10th race of 11. If you're looking for a full preview of that program, uh, be sure to listen to Inside Churchill Downs on ESPN Louisville. Um, if you're not local, it airs Fridays live from 6 to 7 p.m. Go to ESPNLouisville.com, listen to it. They also have archives of the show as well. Absolutely. And so uh, we're going to have a few more episodes here uh, in the, the recent weeks here on Inside the Kentucky Derby. We're going to talk about the first future wager, of course, uh, that'll span Tuesday through Thursday next week in the lead up to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. We'll also preview that Breeders' Cup Juvenile. The pre-entries are out there and for the Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile just seems like such a fun race between Locked and Timberlake facing the Bob Baffert-trained Muth, Prince of Monaco. I think that's going to be a really fun race this year. It really is. I think there are a lot of exciting prospects. We'll dive into that next week. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a kind review. Uh, please mark down five stars. What do you think today's performance was? I don't know. I'm three and a half, three and a half, maybe three yeah. and a half performance, three and a half stars. And you can subscribe on there too, to make sure you get all those notifications on when we'll be here next for the podcast. And of course, inside the Kentucky Derby would not be possible without Woodford reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford reserve is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. And Derby 150 is just around the corner. Be sure to check out all the new areas at derby150.com. Lots of cool renderings on there to see what's going on here at Churchill Downs. More than $200 million paddock renovation going on right now, right outside of our doors. It looks awesome, but it looks even more better in these renderings that you can see on derby150.com. Till next time, thanks again for listening, friends. It's Inside the Kentucky Derby.